Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast. My name is Guy Alvarez, and today we will be talking about the 10 steps you need to take in order to become a thought leader. And I have once again with me Tim Barron, our esteemed colleague and CMO of Good to Be Social. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Guy. So, yeah, episode two. Hey, did you see the review for episode one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure we should talk about it on here, but Wayne's World came up. I know. <laughs> hey, that was great. It, we had a lot of fun just riffing on what we want to do um, with this podcast in episode one. So check it out. Go to goodtobesocial.com and check it out on our blog. Um, and we're going to step it up in episode two. You know, Guy, earlier today I had lunch with a lawyer who was a partner in a big law firm, then left and started a solo practice. And in between then, he had a lot of different things going on. And I, and he started a new practice area. So I said, look, what are you doing? Um, how are you promoting yourself? Are you getting a lot of clients? He goes, you know, it's, it's taken me a little while and I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I said, are you writing? Are you putting out a blog? Are you on social media? And immediately I thought of that uh, article that you wrote, and I think it was based on a presentation. Am I right on thought leadership? Yeah, you're, you're referring to the, uh, the presentation I gave at the uh, Legal Marketing Association's annual conference this year in, in Las Vegas. Ah, right. So that's what it was based on. Anyway, I jotted down. I remember you, you identified like 10 core um, sort of concepts in a thought, thought leadership uh, strategy, and I wrote down the 10 concepts, and I'm, I want to do a bit of a rapid fire. Sure. Like, um, just bring up the concepts and then let you riff on them. Now, we, we, don't, we don't go on for, like, too long here. So we're going to try and keep each of these. I, I know, Guy, you could go on forever on each of these concepts. So um, let me bring it up. Let's start. Let's dig right in. So number the first one you identified was purpose. Yeah, I, and I think that's really where you need to start when you're thinking about, you know, uh, becoming a thought leader, you got to really think about what is going to be your purpose, right? Uh, do you want to become a thought leader to generate more business? Do you want to become a thought leader to be famous? Uh, maybe you want to uh, truly help others with uh, some of the lessons you've learned to help them become better lawyers or or, or better legal uh, professionals. So I think the first place you really need to start is what is the purpose of you wanting to become a thought leader, and, and then everything will drive from there, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's really important. Now, the second thing that you identified was audience, right? So you got your purpose down. Um, how do you go about, about identifying your audience? Well, and, and I think, you know, here, identifying your audience, or uh, sometimes we call it personas, uh, is really critical, right? Uh, it's really trying to figure out not just who your audience is going to be, uh, whether it's uh, prospects, clients, uh, other uh, influencers in the space. Uh, and, and many times you're going to have more than one audience that you're trying to reach. Um, but the important thing here is uh, to basically not just pick who your audience is and under, understand their characteristics, but also, uh, as we will get into the next step, is figuring out uh, what that target audience needs, right? What are the what are the things they worry about? What are the the things that keep them up at night? What are the things that they want to learn about or 
or uh, are looking to uh, to enhance their knowledge in. Um, so I think you know, as as you identify your audience, you have to start thinking about what what they need. So, oh, guy, I mean, one of the things I think this is one of the major problems when we're a lawyer goes into a niche practice. Now, regardless of how niche you go, for instance, like we are a digital marketing for law firms, and even though we're that niche, um, we still market to more than one person, right? Our audience are law firm marketers, our audience are lawyers, our audience are small firms, legal vendors. So it's hard to think about your audience and then try to address their concerns, like across the board. Like, so in other words, like more, the more niche you get, the better in your thought leadership platform. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, picking your niche or your niche, uh, is really important and it, and it's something that is going to help you um to really hone in on your message and uh and have more success the the the, the more specialized you can become um the better your odds at uh, at being able to become a thought leader I, I talk to a lot of lawyers and their concern is you know I I don't want to get too niche because then I might lose on other opportunities and that's not really necessarily the case. Uh, just because you're focusing on a particular topic or, or a particular industry doesn't mean that you can't take cases or handle matters from, from other industries or other areas. But when it comes to marketing yourself, which again is what thought leadership is all about, you know, the more you can target a specific demographic or a specific um, type of, of, of uh, industry, um, the more likely you're going to be able to succeed. Um, and, you know, again, uh, I think a lot of firms and a lot of lawyers, when they think about the messaging that they want to put out to their audience, they don't really take the time to find out what it is their audience is interested in or what it is they're concerned about or what keeps them up at night. They just think, well, you know, this is something that we have expertise in, so let's write about this uh, without thinking about, well, maybe your audience doesn't care about that, or maybe you're you're thinking about it all wrong. Um, so, uh, you know, figuring out the need of your audience and figuring out those things that are important to them is a huge, huge component of being able to generate a, a successful thought leadership uh, campaign for yourself. So I think, uh, Guy, I think you bled into number three, which was need there, um, um, pretty much covered it. But then after that, you have to think of a, a theme, right? What is What are your objectives um, in addition to addressing the needs of your specific audience? Exactly. And, and here's where I think, you know, the, the more you can figure out your theme or Another way I like to think about it is your your special sauce, if you will. Um, the more successful you're likely to be, um, you know, knowing what your audience wants or what kind of content they're looking for, or what kind of information or knowledge will only get you so far. Um, the next thing you got to determine is, okay, now that I know that, what is going to be my angle? How am I going to present this information in a way that is unique, in, in a way that is different. Um, and the example I gave at the, at the conference and, and the example I wrote on my blog post 
uh, is the example of The Purple Cow. Um, the Purple Cow uh, is a book by Seth Godin. Um, and in the book, Seth talks about how companies can use this, this example of The Purple Cow to really differentiate themselves from their competitors and really come up with a strategy that really makes them unique and something that people will talk about for a long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, the example he gives is, imagine you're riding through, uh, I think the example he gives is you're riding in a car through France, and for the first 10, 15 minutes, you're looking out the window, and you see all these beautiful cows, and you're fascinated by the cows, and uh, everyone in your car is looking at the cows. Um, but 10, 20 minutes later, uh, you're ignoring the cows because they become boring and there's nothing exciting about them. Um, so he says, imagine if there was a purple cow, uh, you know, how much would that stand out? How would, how would that be different? And, and that's the way you got to think about how you can position yourself as a purple cow, not just in the type of information you're giving out and, and how your angle is different, but also how you go about in spreading the word. Uh, how do you get people to really talk about you and talk about the content that you're creating um, and and really being able to reach influencers that'll help you spread the message. So right. that's really what I talk about when talking about theme. It's really your, your, your special sauce, your angle, your purple cow. Uh, it's really what you need to find in order to really be successful. And, you know, Seth Godin has a really good uh, TED Talk just um, a couple of days ago. I was listening to a podcast. Um, I think it was TED Talks podcast, and um, and they referenced some of his uh, some of his original TED Talk, and he spoke specifically about that purple cow yeah. example. Yeah. That was great. Um, he's great. He's also a great presenter. Oh, uh, he's yeah. fabulous. Yeah, he's fabulous. Yeah. So now we get into the meat and potatoes of it, which is content. You know, and we live and breathe content. And I take from from the moment I left law firm, law firm life, I was a law firm, law firm librarian, started my own consultancy, it all it all started with content. I remember there was a blogger, remember the blogger platform? Yep. I sort of fashioned a website out of it. I created like three blog posts and 100% of my clients came from that. And then, you know, then it became word of mouth based on that. Uh, I remember one day um, I was on Twitter, I finally figured out Twitter. And um, before I even got up, Someone pinged me, and they were looking for a continuing legal education consult. Um, they're like, "Hey, check out Tim." Pointed to the blog, and he and I had written on something like that. So, what do you, what are, what's your thoughts on content? Because I know it, that can get enormous and almost overwhelming for some people to think about. Yeah. So, you know, I think a couple of things with with content. Um, first of all, is uh, you need to determine uh, what you're really comfortable in doing from a content perspective, right? When when we talk about content, when, when people hear the word content, the first thing they think about is something in writing, right? A blog post, an article, a, a white paper, an ebook. Um, but that's not necessarily the only way to create content. Um, some people are not great writers, but they love to speak yeah, chat um, like we're doing right now so exactly so maybe you know your content strategy is to do podcasts uh other people might love doing live video 
uh, or, or recorded video. Uh, other people might choose to express and create content by creating infographics or visuals or a combination of those things. So I think the first thing to determine with your content strategy is, you know, what is the type of content you want to create that is most authentic to you? What is the content that you're going to create that you feel most comfortable in doing that? And then once you figure that out and you start to create the content, then the next step is to be able to repurpose that content, right? So if you're doing a podcast, you publish the podcast, but then you also transcribe the, the, the audio into a script and you create a blog post out of that. And then maybe out of that blog post, you create an infographic. And maybe with the video, uh, with the audio, you also create a video. The more ways you can repurpose that content, uh, the better off you're going to be because it's important to make sure that whatever audio, whatever way your audience likes to receive that content, um, you have the opportunity to deliver it in the way that they like to receive it. So some people like uh, to listen to podcasts. Some people like to read blogs. Some people like to watch videos. Um, and when you repurpose your content, you make sure that you deliver that content in a way that your audience is accustomed to receiving it and in a way that feels the most comfortable to them. Uh, and I tell you, I just add one more thing, which is uh, keep the content a little short. You know, keep it concise. It takes a lot. There's a saying that um, I refer to. Uh, if I had more time, I would, I would have written a shorter letter. It just takes more time to edit. and your readers or your listeners will appreciate it. All right. So we have all of the content. We have our, our personas. Um, now, where do we put that content? Right. There are a bunch of different platforms. So we go to number six, which you identified as platforms. Um, some people complain about, oh, I don't have enough time to create a like an actual blog. Um, where does the content go? And here again, uh, you have to think about your target audience, mm -hmm. right? You have to uh, pick whatever platform they're com they're comfortable in. Uh, so again, some people might like to uh, listen to podcasts or view videos or read blogs or magazines or whatever it is. The idea is to think about where your audience is going to be. And, and there could be multiple platforms. And do your best to deliver your content in all of these different platforms um, so that wherever your audience is, uh, in whatever platform, in whatever channel, they're able to pick up the content and, and discover it and read it. Um, Guy, so, yeah, you know, Guy, I'm seeing more and more uh, folks publishing only on LinkedIn, right? So, and, and pretty prolifically, too. They put out a bunch of stuff on LinkedIn, and I want to you know, maybe tweet it out and I'm looking for the original, which is usually on the blog and there is none. It's right on, on LinkedIn, you know, and the advantage of posting right straight to LinkedIn on your, on your profile, uh, long form articles is then they click on your profile and they're like, who wrote this thing? Right. And you get a real connection right there. Yeah. I think for the most part, uh, publishing stuff on, on, you know, and this is not publishing an update. That's actually publishing what, you know, what, what is called LinkedIn pulse, mm -hmm. um, is a good strategy. However, um, 
I, I frequently tell people, be careful uh, where you build. You don't build where you rent. And the reality is that LinkedIn is a business. It's a for-profit business, and they only really care about making money, as they should. Um, so if you're going to build your whole content platform on LinkedIn, um, be careful because LinkedIn might decide to change their business model. LinkedIn might decide to one day disable the publishing function. LinkedIn might, as they did, I don't know if you recall, Tim, there used to be uh, these pages on LinkedIn called uh, product pages or, or service pages. Yeah. And then one day they decided to do away with them. And I had you know, a lot of companies and firms that were very upset because they had put a lot of time and effort. And then one day they were gone. Um, so I think, uh, you know, having a strategy where you leverage the LinkedIn publishing platform is a good idea. It certainly will enhance your reach and uh, enable people to easily click on your profile. But I think it's a mistake to just rely on LinkedIn. I think you always want to build a platform, whether it's your blog, your website, microsite, a combination of any of those, where you can drive people back to. Because on your platform, you can do whatever you want. You can measure whatever you want. You can promote whatever you want. Uh, you can uh, automate things. So, um, again, I think it's important to figure out what's the best platform but I always tend to advise that to build your own platform in addition to using all these other platforms that are out there. Absolutely. I'm a big believer in blogs and I call it, you know, blogs and websites. Um, I call it your little like uh, piece of real estate on the Internet. Right. You get to do what you want with it. But I love your your characterization of publishing on LinkedIn. Uh, don't build where you rent. That's a really good one. I have to use that at some point. Um all right. So number seven that you identify was plan. And would you say that an editorial calendar is the center of a plan? Yeah, I think it's it's really where it all comes together. And I think actually putting it down on on paper or, or putting a plan together helps to keep you consistent, helps to um, make sure that you're uh, focused on, on what you're doing day to day or, or week to week. It also enables you to uh, put in new ideas that you come up with or things you want to uh, create content about into the future. Um, and I think without a plan, uh, it's very easy to lose track. It's very easy to deviate from what your goals are and your objectives. And uh, it's it's less likely to succeed. And it's like anything else, right? Uh, if you want to lose weight, you put a plan together uh, to exercise on certain dates and you keep track of that and you plan it out and uh, maybe you keep a food diary about uh, what you're eating, uh, you know, with every meal and you, you check how many calories. And so if, if your goal is to lose weight, you have to put a plan together. Same thing here. If your goal is to become a thought leader, you have to put a plan together and you have to stick to it. Um, it it's, you know, there's no shortcuts here. Uh, you get out of it what you put into it. And if you're determined, um, you can accomplish it. But uh, there's definitely, it's not easy. If it was easy, uh, everyone would be doing it. Absolutely. So I love the idea of calendar in editorial calendar because I would advise folks, and including myself, anytime you have an idea, have, have somewhere where you put this idea, right? So whether it be in Google Docs or in Evernote 
or in your notepad on your iPhone or Android device. But taking it to the next level in terms of accountability is putting that idea into a calendar because all of a sudden you have a due date for that. Uh, One of the things that we all do every day, almost first thing in the morning, is look at our calendar and figure out what we need to do for the rest for, for that day. If our blog post or any piece of content that we're producing is in that editorial calendar, all of a sudden we become accountable and we know that we have to produce it. So this is really interesting, Guy. Your next one is connect. And I know that many people think that you just create a social media account and you connect and that's it, right? You connect with people and, you know, and every now and then you push out something. But I know you go way beyond that in your discussion about how to connect around around your thought leadership platform. Yeah, and I, and quite frankly, um, I I think you're one of the best connectors out there that I've that I've seen online, um, and, and that is really, you know, a couple of things. One is um, figuring out who the influencers out there uh, that are out there that can help you spread your message, and then really engaging with them, right? Um, engaging them online, whether it's on Twitter or LinkedIn or or uh, at events. Um, but it's really a give and take. Uh, you can't expect to uh, have people help you out if all you're asking for is, is help. Uh, you have to be a giver before you can be a taker. And so, um, you know, establishing those relationships requires trust, requires effort. And requires for you to become a giver uh, and offer to help and, and offer to spread their content to your audience. And uh, and then if you're genuine about your efforts, I think uh, most people will, will try to help you. Uh, but you have to be authentic and you have to be willing to to give before you start to ask for help, I think. Absolutely. You know, I view connecting online exactly the same way if you connecting in person. I mean, you go to an event or to a party or to a conference and all of you meet someone or you're in a group setting and you're having a conversation. The first thing you say is not about, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm selling. These are the services I'm offering. That's not what you do. No one would ever want to talk to you um, again. So online, it's the same concept, right? You just interact with folks. You help promote them. You... So... Guy, one of the things with connecting, though, I've, I've, I've come up with this problem, on, especially online, is it can be a huge time suck, right? So how much time do I have? I love Twitter, right? So how much time do I have to spend? So I, And there are some folks who would just could go on and on and on in conversations. And I'm like, well, what else are you doing, <laughs> right? Um, and I know that you could, we could, there's, there's a way to automate some and, and, and then every now and then just hop into the actual platform and have, and have conversations when the time uh, permits. Is that how you would recommend? Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, technology can really help you out there because, um, you know, uh, when you have some downtime, uh, if you have your phone with you, you know, you can you can check your Twitter feed, you can check your Feedly feed. Um, and, you know, with a few seconds here or there, you, you can basically maintain and, and strengthen your connections. You know, LinkedIn has the great feature that it alerts you every time someone's having a, an, a work anniversary or a birthday or a, uh, they change jobs. And I often take the time, even if it's a little message, to just 
you know, touch base with people, especially people you haven't spoken to in a while or or people that you just met and you want to start to build a relationship. Um, so technology really makes it a lot easier. I would say with LinkedIn, however, try not to use their canned, uh, you know, congratulations messages. They, you know, there's no time and effort and put it in there. Even if you just switch it around a little bit more, I think people will appreciate it. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, and to your point on LinkedIn, if you are trying to connect with someone that you haven't met in person yet, don't just click connect and click go. Put a personalized message. If I don't know someone, Absolutely. I, there there are folks I know who will accept every invitation. Yep. But if I don't know someone and they didn't include why they're attempting to connect with me, I, I'm not going to. And, and that you nailed it. it. It's if you're going to try to connect with someone, especially someone you don't know, you got to tell them why. Yeah. Why are you trying to connect with them? Uh, and I get connect messages all the time and there's no reason. She's like, I'd like to join my network on LinkedIn. Well, why? Uh, I much rather hear someone say, I'd like to connect with you because I heard you speak and I disagreed with you or I heard, I read something you wrote and I thought it was great or give me a reason. Uh, Don't just try to connect without telling me why. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I love number nine, which is learn. I mean, we both love books. Uh, We don't get as much time to read them as we would like. And I don't know about you, but my attention span is waning um, in terms of book. I would read like a few pages and I'm like, okay, what else is there before I go back to the next few pages? But uh, like continuous learning is like a thing in my vocabulary. It's just like never stop learning. I, I agree. And, I, and I, you know, I think it's not just books. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. you, you, can, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to audio books, you can watch videos. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities to learn today. Um, you know, I, I think if you really are a true, true thought leader, you never stop learning. How can you stop learning if you're a true thought leader, right? If you want to be at the top of your game and have people think of you as a real authority, you have to continue to stop to continue to learn. You never stop learning. Um, and you got to push yourself to learn new things and, and different angles and different uh, methods to do the things that you do and the things that you write about. And, you know, you got to learn from others and engage with others and find out their experiences. Um, if, if you don't, then you can't consider yourself to be a true, a true thought leader. And finally, Guy, execution, right? We've put it all together. We're learning, we're writing. Um, how do you execute on all this? Well, I, I think, you know, learning is great, but learning is not enough. You have to put stuff to action, right? So you can do all of these things we just talked about, but if you don't actually start doing, you're not going to get there. You're not going to be a thought leader. And, and, and as I mentioned before, you know, thought leadership is not something that you can buy. It's not something that you can take shortcuts with. Uh, you need to be persistent about it. You need to be consistent about it, uh, and you need to continuously execute. Uh, there are many times where uh, you might not feel like writing a blog post or doing a podcast, or uh, but you know if you're persistent and you have a goal in mind, and you continuously execute, and you're going to fail many times. You're going to execute on things, and they're not going to turn out the way you thought, or uh, you're going to get some negative feedback. 
But you just got to continue to try, 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 be determined, be determined, be determined. And I believe that with determination, you'll get there. Um, I have a client that, uh, you know, is today a thought leader. He's a, he's a legal futurist. Uh, his name's Mark Cohen. Yeah. So shout out to Mark. And uh, when he started writing, you know, he would I would speak to him every week and he'd be like, no one's reading and no one cares. And and I would say, just be patient. Just keep with it. Continue to do it. Continue to do it. And if you talk to Mark today and he tells me this every time I speak to him, he's like, boy, you really knew that this would happen. Uh, you really knew that one day I'd be writing for Forbes and being invited to write and speak at all these conferences. And it was because of the perseverance that he had that he was able to accomplish all those things. So if you really want to become a thought leader, you got to stick with it. Yeah, Mark has been – I met Mark at a at a conference, you know, a small conference a couple of years ago. And I immediately knew who he was because he's on Twitter and and he writes. So he did all of these things that we just talked about. Exactly. And, um, and then we were able to have this conversation as if we were all buddies. Like, oh, hey, Tim. Hey, Mark. You know? Um, all right. So we, that was a lot we covered there, Guy. Um, you know, I, I meant for this to be like a super, like, rapid fire thing. But, man, there's so much we can talk about when it comes to um, all of these different elements of thought leadership. And I agree with you. It's, it's a matter of choosing a couple of channels, you know, choosing a couple of platforms um, and being consistent, right? Yep. Um, have a plan and execute on it. So I don't know. I hope you found this useful. I found, I mean, for me, just refreshing it um, has been useful for me. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, uh, there's some good tips here. And I think for those, for those of you out there that are having, uh, struggling to figure out, you know, how to really uh, enhance your personal brand and take your, your marketing and business development to the next level, I think, you know, if you follow some of these tips, uh, you can get there. Absolutely. Uh, you can get there. Absolutely. So. If you want to uh, take a listen to our podcast, we're going to have it up on our blog next week. It's um, on goodtobesocial.com. And um, we're going to have a podcast page up there. You know, we get a couple of um, more episodes. What do you think, Guy? Get a couple more episodes under our belt. We're going to have a pod- podcast. Yeah. But in the meanwhile, we'll certainly have a a blog post with some of the sh- some of the notes from our podcast, some of the links that we mentioned in the podcast. And guy, this is this is great. Number two in the books. Sounds good, Tim. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Goodbye. Until next time, everyone. Thank you.